see it's okay. So we're so actually all of this crap will be right here yeah. on the show. That's how we do things. Fantastic. It's you know. It's, uh, so uh, yeah. Hi. Thank. We're here at the daily. By the way, I'm having the tuna. Thank the you. tuna. Yes, the tuna. Turkey's over here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're here at the daily, and uh, we're 222 South Main, uh, where we record our uh, Let's Go Eat Show podcast, and we've just been served our sandwich. You want to take a bite of your sandwich before you have a... Sure, yeah, let's uh, see. Let's, 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 let's pull a bill already and have a eat on the air, yeah? Mm. Oh, that's warm. Mm. That's right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Mm. Dick, would you mind... Um, uh, Dick Clark, the producer of the show, is writing down personal information in my notebook. Uh, would you mind snagging a couple of napkins? When of course, thank you. That's what a no. producer does, um, among other things, like set up all this equipment. Yeah, that I've used for years. <laughs> I have used radio equipment for thirty years of my life, and wow. know and know very little about how to set any of it up. Yeah, but you know how it should look, though. So. I know, I know how it should look, and I yeah. and I pr- hopefully, thank you, Dick, know how it should sound. Uh, anyway, here we are, uh, and we're going to interview a radio guy today. Yo. Uh, we're going to interview the promotions director for X96. Oh, yeah. His name is Nick Perez. That's me. And it's going to be, the whole thing is going to be like that, with him making these dumb little comments. Yep. He's the kind of guy who likes to go, he, he always wants you to say, um, <laughs> How you doing? Ask I'm doing, how are you doing? How you know? Another day in paradise. Another day in paradise. That's, that's exactly, that's... He wants. Yeah. He tries to trick you into leading you into that. So you, the, he'll say that, and I don't fall it's for not, it usually. It's anymore. not. Well, yes, you have. I mean, there's been a, there was a while where you didn't uh, fall for it, and you were like, "I'm great." Yeah. And then that's it. A okay. Yeah. Strack, man. You, you know what it is? It's um, it's become such a thing in the culture where if somebody says, "Hey, how you doing?" They go, "Oh, I'm great. How are you?" Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I just say it because it one it throws people off because most of the time they get, "Oh, I'm good," or eh, "Today sucks." You know, so is it an army thing? No, no, it's not a military thing. It's mostly, I mean, I did it in the military, you know, mm-hmm. and trust me, people get just annoyed by it, by the people that I say it to every single day. Um, but I think, I think a lot of what it is, is it just, it it makes people laugh. If, even on the phone, like if a telemarketer or somebody calls me and, mm. or if I call somebody at customer service and they say, oh, how are you, Mr. Perez? I'm like, oh, you know, another day in paradise. So, so Perez, eh? Yeah, Perez. Perez. What kind of name is Perez? It sounds foreign to me. It's it's kind of foreign. I mean, I'm Puerto Rican. Ah. Yeah. So we're I'm legal. Mm-hmm. Legal. <laughs> well, of course you're legal. Puerto Ricans are citizens exactly. yeah. of the United States. Yeah. You're welcome. Sort but of. Uh, yes. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think you know it's funny like when we do things like this and mm-hmm. I make the comments like on the radio, it's because I want somebody to just chuckle. You know, because mm. laughter, I think cures everything well you know so people are probably wondering well why do i want to talk to the promotions director for x96 exactly uh, on the radio he's, unless i'm giving free tickets they don't care about me yeah he's a behind the scenes guy he organizes the events he he gives away free tickets and organizes all of that he has contacts with uh, all kinds of concert promoters uh, not only here in town but across the country oh yeah uh film people film production people across the country yep. uh all, any kind of contest you hear on on x96 he probably organizes but he ha- he's a he has a fascinating background and i don't know it all yeah other than a per- periodically he has said things like oh yeah i've been shot <laughs> i've been shot more than once yeah so oh, i've been stabbed too yep exactly. is that why you're in a boot right now no got the- shot? <laughs> this one actually i got the the boot if you guys have uh, seen me hobbling around. I got it when we were working our food drive. 
um, at Dave and Buster's for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I stepped off the food truck, and you know how outside of Dave and Buster's they have those giant yeah. like rocks. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I had my footing, and I didn't, you know, and uh, I stepped down, and my ankle like broke. It, yeah, it broke. It broke. It did. Uh, so Nick, it nice and good. Nick grew. You grew up in Detroit yes. City. Yes. Yes. And uh, just had a kind of what. You're you're from a radio background, and we'll yep. get in. Actually, we'll get into that later. Okay. But you grew up. Your dad was in radio yep. as as a promotions guy, right? Yeah. Doing what you do now, and still is. He still, he still is? is. Yeah. He uh, he does more digital marketing and uh, promotions now for the bigger group in uh, Detroit. But yeah, he does that. Uh, and uh, so you were just you had a kind of an as normal a upbringing as possible <laughs> as for can, somebody yeah. whose family is in radio. Exactly. But I mean, it's pretty normal. It is. Um, and uh, then you, what What did you think you wanted to be? You went to, did you go to college at all? Or? So, yeah, um, mine's kind of silly, my story. The uh, So growing up in Detroit, there's not, I mean, there is some, um, you know, growth and you can, you know, there's some like jobs and things that you mm-hmm. can do, but it's like typical stuff that, you know, it just didn't seem appealing to me, right? And I saw what my dad could do. You know, my dad's been in radio since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd always help him, and I always had a lot of fun. Um, so I think that kind of just became ingrained in me, is to do, like, events and, yeah. you know, business and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I was always fascinated when I was younger about um, – I was the kid that my dad would buy me a new toy or he'd, I'd get something new, and I would instantly take it apart. I would take it apart, and I'd figure out how it worked, and then I would put it back together, and mm-hmm. then I'd play with it. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was because I just – I was fascinated by how things worked. Like, I, I – I call myself a big picture guy because, yes, I can understand, like, how this coffee was made. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I want to know everything about it, right? So then I would learn. Mm-hmm. You know, same with, like, toys and trinkets and stuff. Um, so for you, a long You have time, a better understanding of the big picture if you understand how the big picture is put together. Exactly, right? So <clears throat> what I did is then I was like, you know, then my dad thought, he goes, maybe you should look into becoming a mechanical engineer. You know, so I took classes in high school. We had, like, CAD classes and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But it lacked something. It was like, I was like, there's something missing. Like, I don't feel like I'm contributing to anything, mm-hmm. you know, like the to society in a whole, I guess, if you could yeah. think of it like that. So then I thought, well, I like helping people and I love making people feel better. I was like, maybe I'll be a doctor. And then I laughed it off because I'm like, I'm a Puerto Rican kid from, you know, Detroit that talks funny sometimes when he says words like coffee or whatever. But coffee. Yeah. Coffee. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm going to be a there, doctor. Nick, there are Puerto Rican doctors. I know there are. <laughs> <laughs> there are now. And there are doctors yeah. from Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> so, and there's doctors from New York yeah. and Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, no, but the, uh, so a lot of what it was, I was just like, man, I kind of discouraged myself because of where I came from. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... I, I had decent grades in school, you know, really good mm-hmm. grades. And then I could have gotten into college. We just couldn't afford it. You know, like, I mean, you, you know, my dad yeah. works in radio. Yeah. And this is, you know, back in the early 2000s. I know. So. None of my kids are going to college. <laughs> exactly. So it's like I didn't want my dad to have to put up anything and things like mm-hmm. that. Plus, I was kind of looking for something to do. And I didn't really have a set career path yet. Um, even though I went to school for business, like my senior year in high school, I took college classes. So I, uh, I did like business management, marketing technology, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, but business colleges and things like that around Detroit, they weren't available or they were way too expensive. So because all the businesses have moved out of Detroit. Exactly. There's no need for it. <laughs> no, yeah, they're like, no, we're yeah. good. Um, so then I was like, well, you know what? I want to be a real life superhero. So I, you know, because I'm a nerd and I've been into comics and stuff like that my whole life too. But um, 
So then I was like, I'll join the military. Who's I, your favorite superheroes when you were growing up? Um, well, so I did track. So The Flash was always, uh, he appealed to me. Um, is, the Flash is a DC The DC, character, yeah, right? DC yeah. character, yeah. And then Deadpool was always my favorite. Deadpool and The Flash. Mainly Deadpool because... Um, you know, when he came out, I started reading it. He was the he was the smartass, you know, and he he broke the fourth wall, and he he always had little comments that would make people chuckle, and that's yeah. I think kind of what, you know, that and watching Jim Carrey movies, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of just built my. You, you want to be kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of funny and mm-hmm. also taken serious at some points that people know when I'm serious, but it's all, yeah. So you're gonna be a hero, so you join the military. So I joined the military, right? And my dad's like, he, no, you know, he's like, not don't doing, do it. Yeah, but, he's like, don't do it. But it was like, too late. Well. It was kind of the things where my dad's my best friend, so I talked to him about this, right? Mm-hmm. I was just I brought it to his attention. I said, I want to join the military, and he's like, yeah, that's crazy. But then he asked me, um, I think I said this on Gina's podcast, but he asked me one question. Wait a minute. You've been on Gina's podcast first? Yeah, she asked me. Oh, shit. You know what I think it is, though? What? I think she didn't have a guest, and she was walking through the office. She's like, hey, Sarge. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it actually happened right and, around and all you'll, that stuff and you'll, that I ran. And you'll understand this when we get done to this podcast. You'll say, God, being on your podcast was so much better than being on Gina's podcast. <laughs> you will say that. I know you will. Okay. Well, okay. if I do, then I'll tweet it. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, anyway, so anyway, you joined the military over your dad's me, objections. Well, because he asked me this question. He goes, why do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it because he's like, if your if your thought is that you would just want to go and shoot guns and mm-hmm. do all this kind of stuff, he's like, then the military is not for you. He's like, you just need to play video games and get it out of your system. He's like, yeah. also you could stay in Detroit to do that. Um, but I thought about it and I said, you can well, stay in Detroit to shoot guns. Is that what <laughs> pretty much? Yeah. yeah okay. It's like if you just want to shoot guns and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. hurt people, just stay yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. Um, but then I thought about it and he was like. Uh, he's like, what, what do you really want to do? And yeah. I, I told him, I said, I want to help people. I was like, I feel me joining the military. I was like, you know, because this is after 9-11, you know, because mm-hmm. 9-11 happened when I was, you know, in high school still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to help people. I want to make the world better. You know, I feel that me being in the military can contribute to something bigger than me. At what year did you go into, and you're in the Army, right? Air Force. Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what year did you go to the Air Force? Uh, and, 2005. Uh, would you like me to ask you a long question so you can take a bite of that sandwich? Because sure, it's a yeah. hot sandwich. It is a hot sandwich. So you go into the uh, Air Force thinking, yep. I'm going to do something to save the, save the world or help the world. And um, you talk to recruiters about that, and I'm sure they said, Oh, no doubt about it. You can do a lot <laughs> to help people in the world if you just join the Air Force, of oh, course. Yeah. I mean, I looked at all of them, mm-hmm. and you have to take what's called an ASVAB, which is an aptitude test. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> so I took the ASVAB, and I scored really high. And the Army was like, whoa, you're too smart to be in the Army. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I spelled my name right, so mm-hmm. the Army was like, whoa, genius. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I took the Army test once yeah. years ago. It's really easy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so I took the um, the ASVAB, scored relatively high, and the Air Force was like, "These are your options, right?" The the Marines were like, "These are your options." The Army was like, "These are what your options." What did you choose? Um, so originally, I wanted to go into the medical field because I was like, "Oh, yeah. if I could be a doctor, this would be perfect, right?" And they said, "Well, the problem with the medical field is we don't have any openings for like eight to ten months." Okay. And they're like, "But if you want to join, you need to join now." And I was like, "Okay, well, what is available if I want to join? Let's say this year." And they said, "Well." Here's the shorter list. And then, you know, I, I've worked on cars with my dad and my uncles and stuff my whole life, you know, when I was a kid. Because it was fun. Because, like I said, I and wanted Because you're Puerto Ricans in Detroit. And that's what we do. You know what yeah. I mean? We put tiny steering wheels and hydraulics on yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to... I was like, oh, 
I was like, vehicle mechanic, is that open? They're like, yeah, you can leave tomorrow. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, let's not do it tomorrow. But, you know, I was like, I'll take that. So then they got it all together. Two months later, I was shipped off to basic training. And 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 in the military, active duty for how long? So I was active duty. You're still for, in the military. Yeah, yeah. I'm still National Guard now, but I was active duty for about ten and a half years. Um, and how old I, are you, Nick? Thirty-two. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> um, you don't seem that old. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah mentally, I'm fourteen. Mm -hmm. but, so, uh, so you're you're <laughs> in the arm or Air, Air Force, Force yeah. for for ten and a half years, yep. uh, and you uh, you ended up going. Uh, to uh, dangerous parts of the world. Yeah, so I went back to Detroit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I went to Afghanistan and Iraq uh, five times altogether. Um, twice to Af or twice to Iraq, three times to Afghanistan. And hence, when you say, "Yeah, I've been shot." Yeah, that's when that occurred. Can can you go into that a yeah, little yeah. bit? So, um, well, two of the times I got shot were growing up in Detroit. Then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. Yes, it was. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. And then. No, oh, wait um, a minute. Wait a minute. That's the, how, how did you? How did you get shot growing up in Detroit twice? So I mean, the first one. It's was, fairly easy to get shot in Detroit. Yeah, but, it is. But how did it happen yeah. to you? So it was one was a wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. You know, there were people that were already in a brawl, mm -hmm. and me and my friends walked down the wrong alleyway, mm -hmm. and we were like, "Oh crap!" So we were trying to run from it. Mm -hmm. You know, and a, and a stray bullet got a stray bullet got. Where, me, yeah. where, how bad was that? Uh, it cut, it clipped my leg, so okay. just my calf. You know, mm -hmm. um, okay. so it wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too bad of a bullet. It man. hurt. Yeah, it definitely yeah. hurt. Yeah, it felt more like. Um, like a stick kind of whipped up and smacked me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because mm -hmm. I've had that happen before. You mm -hmm. know, when you're running or something yeah. like whips up and hits you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when um, you're running from the cops. And exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's our cardio in Detroit. So, so you're running away and you so get shot. So we're running away, get shot, and then the next time, it was um, it was an it was kind of another accident. This kid brought a gun to a fight. He he, he brought a gun to a knife fight. Well. And um, and he was like threatening everybody with it and things like that. So we kind of just backed off. Because I used to fight a lot, and um, really, yeah, who'd have thunk, right? Yeah, you seem like a very peaceful person. I am now. Yeah, <laughs> you were. Did you have a bad temper at one time? No, it was just I, you just had to fight. I was the small Puerto Rican kid, you know, in mm -hmm. Detroit. So it was never, it was never like people just were like, oh, he's nice and he's got great hair. We'll leave him alone. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> he's nice and he's great. Got great hair. Let's beat him up. Exactly. You yeah. know, and I think a lot of when you're growing up, especially in a city like Detroit, people want to prove themselves a lot. I didn't. My dad would teach us that your brains will take you farther than your brawn. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was never it was never a thing. Nobody that, taught me that. I learned the hard <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, trust me. I, learned, I had no brawn. You know, when when, when you get jumped on the street because you're walking down mm -hmm. the street. You know, for yeah. no reason other than they you just lived wanted in a, to do You it. lived in a rough part of town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm doing all that. And then, um, so the this kid brings the gun or whatever, and he goes to put it away, you know, in back mm -hmm. in his backpack, because, you know, that's what people yeah. do. And, uh, and it goes off, and it freaks everybody out. And then, so he pulls it out, and he's like, well, it already went off. I might as well just start doing shit. So, yeah. He's, <laughs> so he started trying to fire into the crowd of us as we ran away. You know, yeah. he, he got he got taken care of later in the day, but you know it was it was he, one of the yeah. by someone else or was he in jail? Uh, he was in jail. Yeah, he okay. he definitely got caught. Well, yeah. and the funny thing was is it was weird where we used to fight all the time. You know how people always say, "Meet me at the rock." Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna fight. It, it wasn't a rock; it was a playground, right? Like yeah. two blocks from the school or whatever, and we'd always go there and just fight. But right across the street was the fire department and the police department, and 
They didn't. They across were, the street. Yeah, yeah across good. the street from the, you know, yeah. there was the high school, and then there was this giant park uh, playground thing, and then there was, like, the fire station and the police station. Well, it was convenient. Yeah, you know. So they would always see us fight, and I think a lot of times they would come out and make bets, like, who would win, because they never, like, broke it up <laughs> until there were weapons, and then they started, you know, jumping. So how badly were you shot that time? Uh, that time it was kind of the same. It grazed me, grazed mm -hmm. my elbow, yeah. you know. But then you're in the military. Then I'm in the military. In what country do you get shot? Uh, Iraq. I got shot in Iraq right in the knee. Ooh. Yeah. That could be really bad. <clears throat> oh, it sucked. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, so um, it kind of it went in and out. Were straight. they aiming at you, or was it, again, a stray bullet? Well, no, they were aiming at us, yeah. <laughs> at, at anybody <laughs> they could get. It, yeah, there was a line of us, so, you know, because uh, <clears throat> we were doing a convoy, because I'm, so I'm a vehicle mechanic in the Air Force, mm -hmm. and when they would send us over, we would be tactical mechanics. Um, so, like, we'd fix all the MRAPs, the Humvees, and things like that. Uh, and so were, you had to know how you you carried a weapon and you oh yeah you had to protect yourself mm -hmm. and yep I had an M16 for the first two deployments and an M4. It was it, yep. to me this is this is so alien. Go ahead and have another bite of sandwich. Okay, right? yeah. Uh, to me this is so <clears throat> alien. I can't. I really can't conceive of myself being a, a person carrying a weapon <laughs> in a foreign country. Uh, you know, I have an M16. I have a sidearm. And I can't, I can't fathom the fact that I would be walking around and not just shitting my pants constantly. Oh yeah. The uh, the first time I went, I was t terrified constantly. Yeah. And it wasn't even the fact that um, I was afraid to get into a firefight. Yeah. Because you know? the cool thing about the military is, even in the Air Force, they teach you how to properly use your weapons and how to, you know. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself and take care of others and things like that. You felt confident in that. I felt that. confident in that. What scared me was the, you know, 3 a.m. mortar attacks, you know, mm -hmm. the the accidentals, right? Like the, oh, man, they got blown up because, you know. The IEDs. Yeah, or, the IEDs or, you know, the cardboard box that we drove by blew up and we mm -hmm. didn't think anything of it. You yeah. know, it was, the, it was that stuff. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's why they called them terrorists, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> because they inflicted that terror on us. I mean, shit. There was, there was one time where all of a sudden there was a herd of sheep that just ended up on base. And everyone's like, where the hell did these sheep come from? Right? And they found out that a couple of the sheep had bombs lodged up their rectums. Jeez. And they were just in this herd of sheep. And the, the you know over time, they would slowly clip the fence. And nobody knew. Mm -hmm. You know, they would check the perimeter. But if you're checking the perimeter at 2 o'clock in the morning and you see... You're not going to notice, you know, two yeah. chain links broke. The next day, you're not going to notice four chain links broke. You're only going to notice when there's a herd of sheep coming through, mm -hmm. and you're like, what is all this? And then, you know, the farmer is like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then leaves. And they went, that's weird, because normally, you know, that kind of stuff is their livelihood. So yeah. he's like, so then they, like, quarantined everything off, and they, you know, got all this stuff, found out the a couple of the sheep that didn't make it on base yet, but they were all, like, huddled in that area. Jeez. They had bombs in their rectums. And they were hoping that everyone would be like, oh, sheep, that's cute. Mm -hmm. Like, how'd they get on base? That's so funny. Click, Ooh, click. mutton. You know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and it was stuff like that. And then also, like, they did this thing called the Bazaar every Friday. And um, they would allow merchants from the from Afghanistan mm -hmm. or Iraq or whatever to come on base. There was this little spot uh, right near the front gate um, where they'd allow these merchants to set up and make, like, a market, right? Yeah, so that, uh, oh, it's a, which is a good idea. It's a, it's a friendly gesture to the local people. Exactly. It helps them out. And you know, but then it was the terrifying realization of at any moment, one of these guys, if he snuck something through, right? Like They checked them pretty well. Oh, they checked them ridiculously well. But mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's that thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, 
I'm a mechanic. We have specifications that we have to, you know, torque things down. We have to do, but I, I've known of mechanics, and I'm not gonna lie, I've done it myself. Where it's like, oh well, I've done this before. I can just breeze through it real quick. Mm-hmm. If say there's a security forces guy that's just, you know, he's yeah. he's a week out from going home, and he's checking the stuff. And what if he's like, yeah, no, I remember this truck. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was one of those things because. The, the the only downside to that and the reason I thought about it was because on my I think it was my third deployment people people had laundry missing and they're like because we we would turn in our laundry right we didn't like wash it in like the rivers right. or, you know with water bottles there's the lo- lo- locals washed it lo- didn't locals they? washed yeah. our laundry right so we we had to pay them it wasn't mm-hmm, like they did sure. it for free we had to pay them but then people would report they're like oh well I'm missing a pair of pants and they're like oh you'll get them I'm missing a shirt oh well you'll get it don't worry we'll, we'll get it back to you those, and then are, the military, those are good disguise items exactly so that's what happened you guys will probably I don't know if you heard about the stories it was like April of 2009 um, there was uh, three um, Iraqis that snuck on base wearing a uniform and started shooting and they started like attacking people in Bagram mm-hmm. Afghanistan mm-hmm. and they were wearing our uniforms like it was, it's like, yep. like you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of stuff. And it was because of the fact that nobody, like, they reported it, and then the military's like, ah, well, we'll give you another one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, or, oh, we'll, we'll check into it. So um, how many deployments did you have? Five. Is that, is that because they said you're going back, or did you volunteer? No, that was, they're, they're like, you're going back. Yeah. That, you, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't volunteer. If you had, after the first one, if you hadn't had to go back, you would not have. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, did, now, did you? What did you? Just your overall impression of the the whole effort in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I mean, you're still in the military. Yeah. Um, so, uh, me personally, I believe it helped us being there because um, there's a there's a local that we would talk to a lot. He would come and he was like one of our translators and things like that. Mm-hmm. There was a local that we had talked to, and he's like, you know, a lot of people hate that you guys are here because they're like, oh, you you know, we can fend for ourselves and things like that. He goes, but a majority of us love that you're here because the bad guys leave us alone. Was this they, in Afghanistan? Yeah, this is Afghanistan, yeah. The locals were a lot more friendly in Afghanistan. I would, Yeah, I would think so because we kind of, we, we left a shit show in Iraq. Oh, when, yeah, 100%. When, um, when, was it Obama who decided? No. Uh, Who pulled Bush. everybody out? Was it Obama? Oh, yeah, Obama pulled everybody started out. Started to pull people out. Yeah, he started out. to pull people out. Which was probably not the greatest of ideas. Not at the time. He, he wanted, I mean, you know, he, he wanted something to show that he did yeah. something. Yeah. But that's any president, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why George Bush went on that ship. It was like, mission accomplished. And uh-huh. We're all still over there, and we're like, wait, what? Yeah, really? <laughs> mission accomplished? What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but all in all, you think it. And I think in Afghanistan, it's certainly more demonstrable that that, yeah. that we have tried to good faith effort to try and yeah. And I think I think us like uh, the local said. <laughs> I mean, he was making a joke, but he was serious. He, he he was like, "I love that you guys are here because the bad guys leave us alone and they go after you guys now." <laughs> you know, well, so. that's, you know, there's something to that yeah, as well. I guess you know, there's a silver lining to everything. You yeah. know. Uh, and so you got, you also got stabbed one time. Where did that happen? Uh, that was in Detroit. Okay. It's twice, actually. So um, it's more dangerous being in Detroit. Than, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why everyone's like, you going to go back to Detroit? And I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fine there. I mean, I got, like, we got blown up and shot at and all this stuff in, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Getting blown up isn't fun because, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, 
It's like you're in one place, and then your whole body just shifts because of this massive pressure. Was yeah. that an IED or something? Yeah, it was one that went off with the truck in front of us, mm-hmm. and then mine kind of caught, caught the blunt of it. Because as a mechanic, I, I wasn't like a gunner. You know, yeah. I was in the back mm-hmm. just in case something broke down. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was kind of how that was. Yeah. Was it? I mean, did you? Were you just? There must never have been a time to relax. How did you ever relax? So there were a couple moments, um, I think three, that um, we could relax. And we did this stuff called R&R, rest and relaxation. Like we would leave like Iraq and Afghanistan and go to Mm -hmm. Qatar. Um, it was still overseas, but we'd go somewhere mm-hmm. nicer. You know, and white, guitar is nice. Yeah, white beaches. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, not beaches, but the sand mm-hmm, was super mm-hmm. white. Oh my, it was so bright. Um, but then, um, yeah, and when we'd do these convoys, they'd be maybe like a week or two at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back and we would just do our normal job on base until we needed to go out again. If so we the normal job on base was a little more just kind of routine and relaxing. Yeah, you know, working on working on all the vehicles, fixing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of my deployments, I um, I actually built a vehicle like cuz we had a bunch of random parts, you know, in this one truck that was broken down, but the engine was good in this one, but the frame was busted, and then this one had a good bed that we wanted to use, so I took like three trucks and built one truck for fun. Yeah, just for fun. Well, because we needed a, another yeah. like mobile truck, so yeah. that way if like one of our vehicles broke down on the other side of base, we could load everything up on it and then drive to the other side of base and fix it. Now, there's another aspect of your life I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you're, so you're still in the uh, air, uh, the National Guard. Yeah. Uh, the Air Air, air Force National, Guard, National yeah. Guard. And uh, uh, you're uh, and that's by choice. Yep. You will remain in the National Guard probably for a while. Uh, yeah. So my contract is up in 2021. Um, you but can re-up that if you want. I can re-up if I want, but I, you know, it, I'm kind of at a, a crossroads right now. You know, like mm-hmm. I did, I did a lot of stuff when I was active duty. I've done a lot of stuff being National Guard, um, but I'm, I kind of don't. I want to focus more on my civilian side, like career-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even though the National Guard's once a month, you know, and uh, we do the two weeks out of the year type thing. Even those little bits with how busy I am, mm-hmm. it, it kind of throws a wrench in stuff. Sure, you know. So, yeah. well, now let's so let's talk about the other aspect of your career, yeah, which is fascinating to me as well. I came to find out after you'd been around for a little while, yep, that you uh, repre- have represented as an agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice talents oh, yeah. and uh, well-known cause players, cause players, yep, and things like that. Now, are you still doing some of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into that and talk about that aspect of your career? So, when I was uh, active duty, still right before I got out, I was stationed up at Hill Air Force Base here in Utah. Because um, when I left Germany, they were like, "Hey, we don't," because I was going to be a recruiter, believe it or not, to get people to join the military. <clears throat> but then when Obama started pulling everybody out of the desert, there was too many people in the Air Force. So they said, we've got too many people in the Air Force. We're going to do this thing called voluntary separation, uh-huh. where we're going to give you, like, if you qualify, which is super easy, we're going to give you a bunch of money to get out and go guard, right? And then you just won't be active anymore. And they're like, we'll let you keep your benefits, you know, for like a year or two mm-hmm. after. Sure. But, you know, they're like, this is kind of what we want to do. So I sat and thought about it. I said, you know what? I kind of want to go back to school and get my master's degree in something. I was like, so I'm going to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I jumped at the opportunity. But before I did that, I was up at Hill for about a year, working with the 729th, and they uh, they were like, hey, we've got this volunteer opportunity, this Comic-Con thing that's happening here in Salt Lake City. They're like, I know I'm not supposed to say Comic-Con, but at the time it was, yeah. okay, so chill mm-hmm. out, everyone. Um, <clears throat> so I know everyone's going to be blowing it up. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, so they're like, 
they're looking for volunteers, you know, they usually use the military for security mm -hmm. or, you know, different management positions. They're like, if you want to be involved, you know, shoot this email to this person. Um, so long story short, I submit, I get in charge of this thing called, it's the photo op section. Mm -hmm. I was the manager of all the volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, apparently the, the company that, I, that was there liked my management style so much, they were like, we want to hire you to work shows. We'll fly you all over the place. And I was like, I'm still active duty. I was like, I can't yet. Uh -huh. Fast forward to when I'm not, and I'm yeah. guard now, so I could, pretty much my f time is free. And they were like, we'd love for you to do that. So I was in college in St. Louis, because I left here and moved to St. Louis to go to school. Um, and I was like, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. So then I started, you know, working shows in this with this photo op company, and um, and essentially you were just kind of. Uh, uh, arranging and managing things for them on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So I was there, and I was in charge of, like, a certain section of the photo ops mm -hmm. area, right? Gotcha. Um, and I did that for, I want to say, about a year or two. And, mm -hmm. you know, I built, I networked, and I built, you know, friendships, and I had a lot of fun, and I've been to almost every Comic-Con, Fan X, Expo, whatever, mm -hmm. on the planet at this mm -hmm. point. And um, it was just great. And then I met a guy... And he was like, he was an agent and he had a company and he represented a lot of, um, you know, uh, voice talent and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, I would love for you to come work with me. And I was like, well, you know, and he's like, this is what you'd make and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you'd be an agent, you know, you'd go, you'd represent the talent. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that'd be fun. I was like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like two or three years, you know, while I was moving around and stuff and they would just fly me. And, my, and then when I moved back to Utah, I still did it because they would just fly me from here to wherever I needed to go. Yeah, I mean, I think when I first met you, you were flying off to here and there doing yep. that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when I was a tech. Yeah. But right before I took this right. job. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, OK, great. You know, and I would fly off and do that. And then in the process, you know, I became friends with all these like famous people, these voice actors and things mm -hmm. like that. And it, it was weird at first because I was like, it's weird to say that I'm really good friends with like some really like big celebrities that mm -hmm. people are like, sure, you know what I mean? Uh, but then it just became second nature. Like I'd show up, I'd do my job, we'd have fun, and then I'd leave. Drop a name or two. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, so like all the voice actors that have ever come to Salt Lake City, I'm friends with. 99% of them. These are people so like, who do cartoon work. And yeah, so all the Animaniacs, you know, like Jess Harnell, mm -hmm. Maurice LaMarche, you know, uh, Rob, Tress, all those guys. Mm -hmm. um, Vanessa Marshall, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, Jennifer Hale, you know, things like that. Zachary Levi and I are, are pretty good buds. Weren't you, weren't you dating a really... Really attractive cosplayer for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I dated. Yeah, and, uh, not to bring up a sore spot. No, no, no. It's, yeah, her, you're, she's, you're broken up with her, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's local, um, and she's really, uh, really popular. Her name's, uh, I call her Paige, but she goes by Larissa Page. Oh, uh, I know who that is. Yeah, you yeah. know who that is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah. then uh, one of my best friends is also a famous cosplayer, and her name's Des Creepcore. <laughs> yeah. No, so, Larissa. Well, her real name's Des, so she goes by Des Creepcore. It's, yeah. it's interesting that Larissa Page, local person. Is is really well known around the whole. Oh yeah, like she gets picked up by shows. Like they just came back from South Texas, mm -hmm. you know, last uh, last weekend. Mm -hmm. Because that, and that's the thing. I mean, I think Larissa on her Instagram alone, she has over eighty five thousand followers. Jeez. You know what I mean? And that's just people. And these shows reach out and they go, "We'd love to have you," because in their mind, she's a public figure. And she is. And I mean, what, yeah. she is. And know. she's she she's good at looking good. Yeah. Well, and she's good at designing and making and that's that's what separates the the profession this is going to sound like a shitty thing to say but it, it kind of separates the professionals from say. the non-professionals yeah. is the fact that her des and the other ones that i represent 
like Rachie and mm-hmm. you know things like that. They, and Mike. they pour put a lot of money into it. Well, that only, but they make everything themselves. Yeah, right. Like they they start with you know fabric that comes folded up, yep. and then they come up with an idea, a pattern, and then they make it happen. Yeah, you know. And, you know, they, they have a good social presence and they know mm-hmm. how to run the business, you know. Are you still doing some of that work? Yeah, like the being an agent is super easy now because I've kind of established myself. So now what I'll do is like every day when I get done with this job, I go home and I'll write emails and I'll talk to people. And I'm like, hey, we should book them, you know, for this show. We should do this, da-da-da, negotiating, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, that way they can get the best deal for what they're doing you know and, if, and you don't have to travel a lot to do that yeah you know i mean they would love it if i traveled with them i mean hell so would i mm-hmm. but i don't need to anymore you know sure. in the beginning i did because i still needed to keep that you know mm-hmm. relationship the face-to-face now it's like everybody knows me in the sense and they go oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll bring them yeah you know uh, so and now and now you're uh, being a uh, a promotions director and a really good one for x96 well thank you and as as i started out saying uh, the, the this whole thing it, nick uh, arranges most of the most of the public events we do, uh, the, any of the prizes or contests we give away. He do, he does. It takes a, it takes a great organizational skill. It takes a personality, uh, and it takes somebody who's got some creative ideas, some who can who can come up with promotions and say, Hey, what if we tried this or did this? Yeah, that's that's one thing that a lot of promotions people. Uh, uh, you know, in, uh, that I've worked with over the years, don't do very yeah. well is actually come up with some ideas and say, "Hey, what if we do this?" And then we can say, "Well, yeah, but what if we tweak it a little bit this way?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah oh yeah," and then we could do mm-hmm. this, and that's that's really a valuable commodity. Yeah, and and I think that's one of my favorite parts about this job. I mean, besides the fact that we get to like bring joy to people by not only like your guys's morning show or us giving away tickets, you know, things like that. Because um, I remember when I was a kid. You know, trying to win stuff on the radio. Well, one yeah. I couldn't because of my dad. But yeah. it was always like it's it's exciting, like trying to win anything. And then if you win, it's like what? You know, you, you should have heard these kids this morning, early morning. You weren't even up yet. Yeah, no. People checking in just Probably after not. six a.m. And this woman calls us and she says, uh, "Hi, I've been. I love your show. I've been listening for a long time. I what are you? I said, what are you doing? You know, thanks for checking in with us. She said, oh, I'm just trying to wake up my kids right now, and I can't get them to wake up. Would you guys wake up? I just, and I and I said, you know, uh, why don't you tell them you've just won a Radio from Hell tote bag? Really? Guess what, you guys? I won a Radio from Hell. And then you hear the kids going, you won something? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's just a damn tote bag, but they're so excited. Know, you yeah, know? and they'll keep that tote bag forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's it is a phenomenal. You know, and I don't think you. It's funny you you still have a, and and you probably always will because it's the kind of person you are. Have this handle on uh, the idea that what we do brings people some sort of happiness. Yeah. Or, and and I know and I almost never think of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean it in terms of I don't want to make people happy. Yeah. I don't. Th- all I what basically what I think about is I do my job and I try to I try to entertain myself and Carrie and Gina yeah. and hopefully that entertains other people. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm sort of aware that it does, but but I don't ever think about it until somebody people come up to me and say you have no idea. God, oh, yeah. you don't know what your show means to me. I do this exactly. or that or I can't. Uh, you know I can't. I can't even begin to think about what would happen if you guys weren't. And I'm just going. Really? Oh yeah. Well, really? you gotta remember. It's just a dumb radio show. Yeah. Well, see, because you see this side of it, yeah. like our side of it. Other people see it as 
that's something they have to look forward to, right? Almost like a, a good TV show. Like, you see how bummed people are when, like, Friends went off the air. Mm-hmm. When all these other big shows that have been around for a long, long time. Sure. Because they build their lives around it, right? Or you're they, waiting for the next episode of... Exactly. I watched the first episode of Picard last night. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen it yet. It's It it's was really, really good, good yeah. and, I'm, and I'm going... I really want to see the next one. I said to my wife, now, are there two already? No, this is the only one. Oh, damn, because I was going to say, let's watch another one. Yeah, see, and that's my my catch-22 with Netflix, right? Netflix is like, here's Mm -hmm. the whole season. And then I'm like, ooh, should I watch them all now? I have to get up for work soon. Mm -hmm. I was like, screw it, I'm going to watch it. But then you're like, I just want so much more. And, I mean, I see it, even when I was a tech like I saw how, how much joy you guys brought these people. <laughs> and and that's part of why I think I fell back in into radio because my dad made a joke when I got let go from the state. Because mm-hmm. that's what brought me to Utah. He, uh, Nick worked for the state of Utah briefly as a spokesperson for the Bureau of Prisons, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Yeah, the, in a nutshell, that's what it was. Yeah, the communications <laughs> was, manager. Yeah, for, was that uh, you just walking around showing your scar from where you got shot? Pretty much. I was <laughs> like, I was like, was this you? No, it's not Scared you. Scared straight program? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. Just walking around to high schools and I'm like, this could be you. Yeah. Um, but no, they. Uh, so I was. I did the communications for the Department of Corrections, and then they were like, "Hey, we have budget cuts. Sorry, we can't afford you anymore." And I went, "Crap!" So my dad was like, "Why don't you just join the family business?" And I went, "Hmm." I was like, "Maybe." So then I became a tech, and watching how you guys interact, and just the 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 love that people have for X ninety six. Um, and Radio From Hell, you know, in, in, in general, it's just kind of was like, yeah, I'm going to stay here for a while. That's, I mean, that's pr- really nice coming from you who grew up in the business. And, yeah. And, you know, you've seen, and that, and Detroit is certainly a much bigger market. Than well, and I think I told you guys this, that my dad, when, I, when you guys were working on your contracts and stuff still, <laughs> my, my dad told me, he goes, if they don't sign, he's like, we'll take them. <laughs> Have them move to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> no, he would just let you stay here. You just saw, you'd broadcast over there. Yeah, and you know what? We probably would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Nick, it's just it's a pleasure to have you as the promotions guy for X ninety six. Thank you. Hey, Dick, can I get a copy of that? Just <laughs> I've said it. Play to, it. I, I know you have. Repeat. But it's oh, you recorded wanna, now, so that I yeah. It'll be it's your ring be my tone. text tone. Yeah. How about your ringtone? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a pleasure to have you as I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'll just record it for you if you want. Fair enough. Okay, um, good. And uh, and I know we won't have you forever. Uh, well, maybe. Depends. But, well, it depends because God knows how much longer I'm going to do this. That's true. Uh, it's like both of you were talking about terminal illness or something. I know, like, right? Jeez. Oh, well, <laughs> I may be. I don't. You. I haven't told you everything, Dick. No. Yeah. Bill, let's yeah. not do this on, on air. Yeah. Well, no, it'd be too. We don't traumatic. have enough napkins for tissues. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for. I I hope everybody found that as an interesting a story as I did. Yeah, I hope it was interesting and it wasn't just boring. Yeah. And now, wasn't this a much better podcast than Gina's? Way better. <laughs> See. <laughs> It's longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, and we don't have to tell her that. We don't have to tell <laughs> her that. She's going to listen. No, she won't. Oh, yeah, she you doesn't listen me? to your show. No, <laughs> yeah. she, doesn't li- she doesn't listen to anything except, you know, yeah. the donut in her stomach. Or yeah. <laughs> whatever. That's a yeah. reference to today's show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Nick, thanks for No, yeah, thank you. Thank All you very much for having me on. Yeah. It was so much fun. Uh, that's it. Thanks to uh, Ryan Louder and the fine folks here at The Daily. Had a do- your, Is that sandwich good, the it's roast turkey? It's so good, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a lot of bread, so I'm just picking at the meat. But this, if you guys come here, get the roasted turkey sandwich. I had the spicy tuna, which is just absolutely delicious. Uh, it's the daily, 222 South Main for breakfast and lunch, late lunch, early breakfast, takeaway food, and brunch on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, thanks again. Um, that's it for the Let's Go Eat show. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Double.